Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, June 26th. President Joe Biden is trying to keep the U.S.'s distance from that short-lived rebellion that took place in Russia over the weekend. On Saturday, Wagner troops, led by Yevgeny Prigozhin, seized control of a military base and marched a convoy towards Russia's capital. The Wagner troops turned around after the Belarusian government said that its president had brokered a deal to allow Prigozhin to live in Belarus and not face criminal charges in Russia. However, Russian state media is reporting that the Wagner boss is still under investigation. And late today, we heard from Russian President Vladimir Putin. The organizers of the rebellion betraying their country, their people, also betrayed those who were drawn into the crime. They lied to them, pushed them to death under fire to shoot at their own. We know now that the vast majority of the fighters and commanders of the Wagner Group are also Russian patriots, devoted to their people and state. They proved it with their courage on the battlefield. Here's my CNN colleague who has more on what President Putin had to say. This speech, I have to say, was a bit oversold, um, given that it was pegged as something that would define the future of Russia. What, in fact, it was, was a speech that most of us would have anticipated in the early hours of this mutiny. And now what's interesting is, A, what happens with Evgeny Prigozhin, whose name he did not mention, sort of the the way he does not mention uh, other um, detractors and and opponents' names. And also, what is the future for Wagner? So I think the next uh, next few days um, should be interesting. I do question why Vladimir Putin waited so long and what impact at all this could have on his hold. President Biden said today that the United States and its closest allies had nothing to do with the Wagner Group's uprising in Moscow on Saturday. We had to make sure we gave Putin no excuse. Let me emphasize, we gave Putin no excuse to blame this on the West or to blame this on NATO. We made clear that we were not involved. We had nothing to do with it. This was part of a struggle within the Russian system. Biden also said that the ultimate outcome of all of this remains to be seen, but vowed to keep U.S. allies like France, Germany, the U.K., and of course Ukraine, quote, closely aligned in how the U.S. is reading and responding to the situation. These are the first public comments President Biden has made about the mercenary group's march after spending part of the weekend at Camp David consulting with European allies about what to do next. Russia's foreign minister said today that the country's investigating whether Western intelligence was involved in the rebellion without providing any evidence of any such interference. Now, this Wagner group uprising amounted to the biggest threat Russian President Vladimir Putin's leadership has faced in years. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, said as much on CNN's State of the Union on Sunday. I think you've seen cracks uh, emerge that that weren't there before. This is just an added uh, chapter to a very, very bad book that uh, Putin has written for Russia. But what's so uh, striking about it is it's internal. The fact that you have from within uh, someone directly questioning Putin's authority directly questioning the premises that uh, upon which he launched this aggression uh, against Ukraine. Now, if you're not familiar with the Wagner group, Prigozhin is believed to have been at the helm of this group for years. He's an oligarch, 
so close to the Kremlin that he's known as Vladimir Putin's quote-unquote chef. In Russia, they refer to the Wagner Group and other mercenaries as private military contractors. Now, the Wagner Group's troops are the only Russian fighting force which has enjoyed recent battlefield success in Ukraine. Wagner troops are accused of brutal human rights abuses in Ukraine, Syria, and Africa. Prigozhin spoke out today for the first time since Saturday in an audio message explaining why they marched and what made them turn around. He said the reason they went in was to prevent the destruction of the Wagner Group and bring justice to, quote, a huge number of mistakes during the special military operation in Ukraine. Now, he claims that the Russian Defense Ministry had planned for the mercenary group to cease to exist. That's a quote, cease to exist, starting on July 1st. Here's Progrosian explaining why he called off the march on Moscow. Two factors played into my decision to turn around. First factor, we wanted to avoid a Russian bloodshed. Second is, we marched in demonstration of a protest, not to overturn the power in the country. At this time, Alexander Lukashenko extended his hand and offered to find solutions for the further work of Wagner PMC and legal jurisdiction. He's basically saying this was more of a protest than an attempted coup. Prigozhin also said today that Wagner forces received widespread support as they marched through Russian cities. With Russia's war in Ukraine already a major national issue, clearly this situation, and if you take Joe Biden at his word that it's an internal Russian matter, means that the United States is a bit hamstrung in how it responds to this, which of course creates an opening for Biden's Republican political opponents to try and make some hay. Donald Trump, for example, has been blaming Biden's response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and has claimed without any proof that if he was elected president, he could solve the war in 24 hours. Now, that, of course, is an absurd statement, but expect to hear Trump criticize Biden more in terms of the U.S. positioning in this moment with Russia relations. Listen to former congressman and former CIA officer Will Hurd. He's the latest to enter the Republican presidential primary field. He was on ABC on Sunday. One of the things that's most disappointing to me is that the only thing we've been hearing out of the Biden administration, the Biden White House, is that we're actively monitoring. Uh, there's another word for that. That's wringing your hands and doing nothing. We should have been planning with our allies. We should have been planning with the Ukrainians on how to take advantage of this opportunity. Mark Warner, the Democratic senator from Virginia who chairs the Senate Intelligence Committee, he said the U.S. should not be rooting for either one of these guys, Putin or Prigozhin, to emerge here the victor. Clearly, the United States had nothing to do with this action. And remember, we're not uh, rooting uh, for either of these folks. I mean, they're both bad guys. As you might suspect, there is nowhere on earth that would likely have more interest in what's going on at the very top levels inside the Russian government than the government of Ukraine, which is engaged in this year-plus-long battle for its sovereignty against this Russian aggression. Listen to my colleague, Chief International Security Correspondent Nick Payton Walsh from Kiev. We're only going to know, certainly, if these are connected to the weekend's events in the days ahead a little early. But you can be in no doubt that you will be in Ukraine here in the senior leadership observing what's happened in Moscow and not necessarily popping champagne corks, but thinking this is a moment where the disarray at the top should be seized upon. But that could take time. And there may also be a reluctance in Kiev to get in the way of Russia making this level of mistakes. 
A U.S. official told CNN that the Biden administration is expected to announce yet another military aid package to the tune of almost $500 million, which will include additional Bradley and Stryker fighting vehicles for Ukraine. Now, Ukraine has lost several armored vehicles in the early days of its counteroffensive, which U.S. officials believe Ukrainian forces launched earlier this month. U.S. and Western officials told CNN last week that the Ukrainian counteroffensive has not been meeting expectations. White House National Security official John Kirby took an opportunity today to reiterate the administration's continued support for Ukraine. As we're speaking here right now, Ukrainian forces are still fighting for their country. They're still trying to claw back captured territory. They're still taking and they're still inflicting casualties. So whatever occurred in Russia this past weekend did not change those facts. Didn't change the facts for us, didn't change those facts for Ukraine. And they absolutely are not going to change our continued support. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visited troops in Ukraine's eastern Donetsk region today after sharing this video on Telegram last night. The longer Russian aggression lasts, the more degradation it causes in Russia itself. One of the manifestations of this degradation is that Russian aggression is gradually returning to its home harbor. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.